0: Welcome back to episode 63 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman. And today we bring you a very special guest introducing Pre Desai from OpenLaw.io to talk about a new project called the LAO. Here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, how does OpenLaw relate to the LAO? Next, how a for-profit venture creates a better blockchain community. Then, can Decentraland take the allow mechanisms to manage a fund? And finally, how a member-directed venture capital compares to a traditional VC. Alright, let's listen in. So, uh, let's get started with some questions. And sure. I think one of the main questions that I have is how does Open Law uh, relate to the itself? Uh, or Open Open Law itself? Open Law, I'm sorry, yes. Open Law.
1: Yeah, so Open Law is a project that was founded in May 2017. So, actually, almost exactly three years old. But um, the idea with this was that we saw smart contracts, we saw blockchain as like a way to track and trace different data and, and tra- track and trace different digital assets. So, you know, those digital assets can be like ETH, Bitcoin, or they can also be like tokenized um, assets that represent real world things like, you know, real estate or intellectual property rights. And so you can start like thinking of this emergent token, token economy. And as you see that token economy flourish, um, you realize that a lot of those tokens, including ETH and Bitcoin, are, um, Need some sort of legal wrapping paper tied to them to give them real world significance. Um, so, with that in mind, our two co-founders um, created OpenLaw. It's kind of it, it, it blends uh, legal contracts and smart contracts in one uniform way. Um, there's a concept called Ricardian contracts, which we actually really mm-hmm. it's I don't know how familiar it is with that, but effectively we're building a Ricardian contract system. Um, so we take Legal contracts, and we call them wrappers around smart contracts. So, what we do is we take any legal contract, uh, mark that up in our domain specific markup language that we've created. Um, That turns the contract into a dynamic data object. You can embed smart contracts in the agreement. Um, It's also tied to the markup language as well. Both parties can review the terms of the agreement, they sign it, the smart contract gets called, and what whatever payment or digital asset transfer can easily happen. And if there were a dispute to arise, you have the legal terms associated with that. So it's kind of a nice interface into the real world when you're talking about like smart contracts and blockchains all on the back end. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, one of the things, I I think it was Iman who discovered the Lao. Iman, do you want to talk about how you discovered it and and its kind of relationship to what we're doing with Decentraland?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I discovered it just through the way I discover anything else. But I guess this is like a new endeavor for myself because this is like my first project ever. Mm -hmm. You know, working in Decentraland, we have our own, uh, you know, third application built on top of the platform. And, you know, part of the role of working with like a decentralized community is figuring out how the whole governance layer is gonna work out. So we're like in the infant stages of that as a community. There's a lot of people who don't even understand that that's actually part of the project, you yeah, know what I mean? True. Figuring out how the DAO works and how the governance, uh, how the decision making is going to occur. So naturally, I started doing my research, and then the Lao came up almost like like a godsend. I, I wasn't <laughs> like I didn't actively go look for it, you know. You know how Twitter works; is things just like show oh, up?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and
2: it was like it was like destiny. You know, I, I had like a vision in my own mind of how I want the DAO to function on a personal level. But, you know, the community discussions are just now beginning. So I, fe- I found your articles about what the LAO is and how it's a decentralized autonomous organization, but with profit in mind. And I, f- I figured that's perfect for what, we're, what we need for Decentraland because we have a DAO fund that's allocated uh, over like a 10-year span. Um, you know, it's all locked into a smart contract. But if we just kind of pass out this money without any kind of you know guidelines or framework of yeah if, sustainability. If
0: the the 10 year time span for Decentraland, they have roughly 222 million uh, mana um, yeah. in 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 the DAO. and we're supposed to decide how we kind of manage the two hundred and twenty million, right? And if we decide to just grant that money to a bunch of developers, there it's not sustainable in in our eyes. And so when when Iman brought up the Lao, I was like, well, this is it. This is the mechanism that the the Decentraland community can use to provide funds beyond those 10 years. Right.
1: Yeah. It's all like, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I I was just I was just going to say that if if so, I guess one of the questions is so the, the Lao, it's it's essentially it boils down to smart contracts and and then we just implement those smart contracts into the Decentraland DAO, then we can just leverage the, the the functionality of the the current funds, and and I don't know. I guess invest those funds in, in a bunch of developers, a bunch of projects, in to to, I guess expect a return. Would that be right. correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, grants are great, and we see that a lot with like foundations and others, and I, I think it's a great approach, but. When you're thinking about building community, which I think really blockchain, it's critically important yeah. to have community and like align incentives um, appropriately. Ooh. And I think having a for-profit structure really does align those align those incentives a little bit better. Um, if you have a community that can actually reap some sort of benefit from the grants that they're giving, obviously yeah. they're they're more invested in the future of the organization, and the projects themselves are also going to have you know more of a uh, a desire to perform as well. So it's kind of a win win scenario. So, yeah, um, the way I, I didn't, I realized I, I spoke a little bit about open law and how that relates to the Lao, I, or I didn't really touch on that. But so, open law, we released like a DAO vertical um, back, uh, back over the summer, basically creating like limited liability wrappers uh, mm-hmm. for for DAOs to spin up pretty easily. We got a lot of positive feedback on that and realized, well, you know, we have the legal acumen and the tools to create a more full-fledged DAO, so why don't we do that? So thereafter, in the fall, we announced that we were gonna do the LAO, so a limited liability org where people, to your point, can fund um, ETH in, in this LAO and then projects can apply to the Lao for funding, the members can then nominate project proposals that they like. The members can then review it, they can hop on calls with the founder, they can do whatever they need, to due diligence they need to, to really get a sense of the project and go through some of the decks and other other materials. If they all approve the smart contracts on the back end, um, once they approve it, we'll pay out the project. Um, uh, Immediately, mm-hmm. so we've. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Moloch DAO, but we um, extended those uh, Moloch DAO smart contracts, forked them, and made them for profit.
0: Can you and explain? Can, can, can you explain the Moloch DAO?
1: Yeah, so the Moloch DAO is um, interesting. It, it they they started out with grant giving smart contracts. It was created by Amin Salmani. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? I want to say it was. May of last year, he announced it. And I think the idea really was to br- to to revive this um, idea of a, of a DAO uh, in general. I mean, I know I don't know how familiar you are, you are with um, the 2016 mm-hmm. DAO. Uh, I feel like most people in Ethereum are at this point. But um, I think there was a lot of like PTS DAO around <laughs> that. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the concept and the idea of a DAO or decentralized organization is really a killer app on Ethereum, but I think there was a little bit of a hangover that stuck around and um, I think Amin saw that, wanted to bring that back to life and that's really what he's doing. So a lot of other folks have extended the Molokow, um smart contracts. You have folks like Meta Cartel and others that are really using it and we sort of see that, and we've noted this before, is almost like the ERC-20 standard for um, creating orgs on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, really great work that he's doing, and you know we've worked closely with him. And I think he's probably going to participate to some extent in the LAO as well. So, um,
0: what what gave the initial idea to create these uh, limited li- liability corporations for uh, on smart contracts? Like, what was the inspiration behind that?
1: I mean, really, the DAO. Um, I think that was the idea. And, and and you know, in the U.S., we have pretty friendly limited liability laws. So this is a U.S. based entity. Um, you don't need a general partner in the U.S. You can have a completely member-managed um, mm-hmm. uh, fund, which is a little bit different than what you see in Europe um, and others. So we saw this opportunity to really bring that vision to life in a legally enforceable um, way. So if we can like, really take that vision, kind of start small. So this is an analogy that we write a lot about and that I really like. But I think Coinbase is a great an apt example, but Coinbase saw the Mt. Gox model, saw that there was an opportunity for exchanges, um, saw that there was a clear market fit and demand for a crypto exchange, um, took those learnings and decided to start small with Bitcoin, really edge their way in, work with regulators, try to do everything above board. We similarly are doing that. So uh, we took that model. We're trying to more or less take the vision of the DAO and make that um, legal and all above board, do the accredited investor checks um, for members who want to join, make sure everything just looks really tight and clean and is all legal. And so once we really can nail that piece, we can start thinking a little bit more creatively on where we can take this. So, you know, we're thinking about possible protocol DAOs, we're thinking about you know, an insurance DAO, something of that nature. So, you, so the world really opens up, but this is like a really great place to start.
0: No, absolutely. I think uh, I think the Central land, um, could really, really use this. in In our mm-hmm. opinion, because of that sustainability thing, and what what I wanted to understand a little bit more was the investors into the this uh, Lao. So there still have to be accredited investors, correct? Mm-hmm. And if you're not an accredited investor, I, I guess you would have to be um, out, outside of the United States. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you still have to be accredited, but yeah, no, there's different standards involved with
0: that. Oh, okay, so uh, so if you're not in the U.S., you still have to be an accredited investor. Yeah. Does does the definition change? Like, what's what's an accredited investor? Is it still a million dollars net worth? Yeah,
1: so the definition hasn't shifted. Here, let me. I I, I don't have it fully memorized. Um, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So I think I for, from yeah, what I remember
1: net worth of a certain kind yeah Um, there's different types of offerings so if you're outside of the us like you can do a reg s offering
0: that's that's Um, what it was okay okay uh
1: but um we also have um you know the reg d here and so um for that you need like documentation verifying your net worth you know w-2s form uh, 1099s, things of that nature. Um, and so we actually with the lab created a pretty nice flow for that to make it as easy as possible so people can kind of just like input their information and we on the back end just um,
0: Yeah, that makes
1: that and let them know and then whitelist their address so they're able to contribute the data. launch.
0: Okay, so then can you still, so those funds, for, for example, in Decentraland those funds can still apply um, even though they weren't the the money didn't come from uh, like uh, investors well I mean technically it did because that's how they raised <laughs> money right I mean, like they came you're talking ICO? about the
2: are you talking about the Dow pool for yeah exactly exactly yeah I guess that's like really the only difference is like uh the pool that we currently have is yeah like you, it's it's a like it already of, of the crowdfunded from, you know, the ICO launch of, of the platform. Right. In the Lao's case, it's kind of like, it's it's beginning like on the 28th, correct? Like The, the Lao yes. is officially launching in a few days.
1: Yeah, so if you are interested in joining as a member, you can actually get the pre-approval um, for the accreditation, but we're actually launching, so you could purchase units into the Lao on Tuesday. Um, and okay. each member can purchase up to nine units just because we don't want to have like a majority member who can just vote on whatever proposals they want so we limit it to nine units out of 100 for each purchase and mm. for one unit it's 120 each
2: okay so if you own nine <laughs> units so does that mean you have nine times of the voting influence as somebody who has one um
1: the- yeah yeah so you have that weight right yeah, the yeah. voting
2: wait okay yeah. uh so i guess the question is you know it, it's two different uh funding sources between the lao and decentralized and so we're kind of trying to figure out if, if the LAO has any, <clears throat> I guess, like franchise aspirations as far as like uh, if a DAO, any DAO that needs either legal assistance and figuring out how they can manage their funds mm-hmm. and, and the projects for the community to make sure we're abiding by regulations. We're not some kind of like wild west. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, is this something we have to figure out ourselves, and maybe the DAO kind of guides us how to do it, a contingent on the, like the already existent DAO we have, or yeah, uh, yeah, That's go ahead.
1: Question. So yeah, no, we definitely do have aspirations to extend this um, to different protocols. We've talked to several other large protocols that want to do um, something for profit. So you can imagine like a large protocol creating a community driven DAO that's adjacent to their protocol, and they only invest in projects that want to build out that protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked to different like tokens and, and protocols that are interested in doing something of that nature. So we definitely do foresee that. Um, of course, there's a like, sort of custom legal work involved. I mean, we're, we're, more, we're more of the software administrator, so we're not necessarily like doing a ton of legal structuring, but as far as like the actual pipes, we're happy to do that. And put that together and work with any lawyers to do so. Um, that said, most of the framework works, if you're talking about something for profit, are probably pretty standard. And we think that a lot of what we're building will become pretty standardized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our intent, kind of like what YC did with like the safe agreements and they mm-hmm. kind of have like, this really standard model, like we kind of want to do that with allow it, in a way, like kind of have this out of the box for profit venture. Mm-hmm. Things uh, thing. So if that's I mean, I would love to hear a little bit more about your DAO and seeing how the parallels there. But that's definitely something that we're interested in and, and have spoken to other folks about. We're really focused on getting this one right at the gate, but we're going to I mean <laughs> I think do like a Bitcoin DAO. I think that would be awesome to like do yeah. oh, an Ethereum yeah. DAO or Bitcoin development and have like have have the investors wrap their BTC into this DAO. I think that could be kind of cool, a good way to bridge the two blockchains and two communities too. So we're definitely trying to like think, um, yeah, think like that as well.
0: So how do you get started? <clears throat> I mean, uh, so like, I, I think there's there's a separation of like two ideas here. It's one where we can apply the LAO to an existing DAO. And then, then we have um, investors all over the world investing into the Lao platform so that, uh, people can, can, can invest in projects, right? So the, the Lao holders would invest in these projects. So, so to get started, do you just, uh, have to go through a KYC process and then, mm-hmm. then you can make that investment. Like what's the flow there?
1: Yeah. Here. Okay. Maybe we'll just just share my screen yeah, here. Yeah. Go ahead. Um,
2: Powers of zoom. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very nice app. <clears throat> this, is this is the front cool.
1: page. Um, yeah, uh, this is where projects can apply for funding. This is where you can join as a member. So, um, just this some background, you can we we kind of really nudge you and guide you in a way to make it make sense of it. But um, let's do that, um, okay. and you can really like fill out whatever information is necessary we collect that you upload your ownership of that organization oh, okay gotcha yeah so it's it's a pretty easy flow um, it's almost sure. like
2: applying for a loan or something like that
1: yeah and it's like three like pages <coughs> it, mm-hmm. and then we have our own thing on um, I'm not gonna fill this out but
0: yeah, yeah, are, yeah.
1: Um, on the back end sure. where we just collect that and then move. so it's pretty simple um, pretty straightforward and yeah, that's
2: the idea. So I guess if if Decentraland wanted to, like, potentially this could be, like, a broken down into individual categories for all the separate DAOs that are on the Lao infrastructure. So it would be, like, there would be a Lao, sec, a Lao DAO fund, and then yeah. you could choose a Decentraland DAO fund. it'll tell you, it'll be, like, a whole separate group of investors who are mm-hmm. working to approve, you know, these projects, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, we were like even thinking about like eventually, like there could just be like a loud dashboard with like, yeah, exactly. And like, if you're an accredited investor, you can just kind of like through and with the Moloch contracts, you can rage quit too. So if you want to rage quit your DAO, you can maybe float into another one. And it's like this very fluid process. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something like down the line that we, yeah. So yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so if you rage quit, um, let's say I invest $100,000, right? And and uh, I spend two years with the Lao and I rage quit. Does that mean I take I, I take my principal plus everything I've earned? Or what does that mean specifically?
1: So no, you you get to take, I mean, with the exception of like the gas costs and all that, so just subtracting that. Sure. Um, you get... Um, to take out all your undeployed capital. So, but you still get rights to the project. So, if you oh, see. like you helped vote and contributed to voting on projects, you still have that um, stake in that project. But anything that's been undeployed, um, you take.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, if I had invested a hundred thousand, and a year later, I um, the the fund had invested fifty thousand of my or fifty percent of my initial investment, I can take out the fifty k. And but I still have that ownership in in the investments, correct? Exactly. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, with Decentraland, so we have uh, a kind of an interesting position between uh, Iman and and myself with Decentraland. Is that, like you mentioned earlier, we created an application. Um, it, it's sort of like a marketplace in Decentraland. So in this marketplace, you can have developers of any kind develop something for your land. And so one of our developers created a couple of games. And these are many games that can be deployed within Decentraland. So you can have a parcel deploy one of our games as sort of like a franchising model where there's 25 of these games in existence and you can buy one, deploy one on your land and earn passive income on your land with this game. And um, so we created this application that makes it really easy. So in a few clicks, you can deploy pretty much anything that you want on your land which uh, if you don't use this application, it's pretty cumbersome. You almost have to be a coder to deploy something on your land. So we created this thing, and uh, it's been pretty successful thus far. I mean, Decentraland launched in February 20th, uh, 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, we are able to generate a pretty good amount of revenue over that you know two-month-plus span. And so we have an interesting perspective for, from, from, uh, from the Lao perspective is that we could be um, proposing you know, for an investment, but also we can also be using the Lao as a mechanism, as a governance model for sustainability within Decentraland. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's, I think what's really attractive from our point of view. And um, I, I think we, we have a responsibility in the sense that since Decentraland is like a true DAO, like we have to convince everybody um, to, to really accept, you know, the concept of the Lao and the sustainability of it. And we have to convince everybody. So I think that's like one of our main uh, objectives because I personally like the Lao. I think it has the, the best implementation for sustainability because I always talk about that. I always talk about, you know, having things sustainable because if, like, if you're a developer, pre and you, uh, you look at Decentraland, And you you see that you have an open world, it's, you can build anything that you want. And if you don't, if you don't see people like walking around to central land, there's less of an incentive for you to build anything and spend that time. Right. Right. And so we have to, with this grant money from the DAO, we have to sustain it so that we're always attracting developers. We're always bringing them in to create, you know, uh, kind of like an environment where people want to come back essentially. And I think with the Lao, I think that has the best implementation of that approach. So <clears throat> do you want to talk about some of the projects that you, that you guys are publicly talking about that um, are working with the Lao or anything like that?
1: Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, so um, you mean projects that are creating Laos? I, we, we're still in the to- early talks of that. So sure. I probably wouldn't want to share that. But there are different projects who, that have applied to the Lao um, so we've had about 25 plus projects. I, you know, we're still letting the projects that have applied are private at this point. We're going to give them the optionality to make their profiles public and share that. We haven't yet done that, so I don't really okay. want
0: to. Sure, sure, sure.
1: But I mean, that said, like we've had a ton of um, projects apply. We've we've talked to a ton of projects that um, want to um, uh, uh, apply as well. But um, I think what's interesting that we built um which you might like as far as a community tool is this um thing called the Lao scout mm, um okay. so what it is i don't know if you guys ever played around with tcr party did you ever do that like last year um basically it was like a token curated registry that was tied to twitter a twitter bot Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were able to nominate different Twitter handles of crypto Twitter influencers, oh, okay. um, and you had a certain allocated token amount. Um, you would nominate them. You could challenge their uh, position in the in, in this leaderboard as well. So if you thought someone wasn't an influencer, you would try to challenge them with your tokens as well through your Twitter, uh, in your Twitter DMs. And you could like request more tokens every day mm-hmm. um, through a faucet. So it was kind of like this gamified uh, influencer, crypto influencer board that emerged. And it was pretty fun. Um, you know, we thought it could be interesting to adapt that into our model um, in that we could have the larger crypto Twitter community nominate projects that they, they think should apply to allow or are, are worthy of funding and put them on some sort of leaderboard.
0: Right, right.
1: So um, when you're talking about, you know, and you want to signal to members because part of part of the reason we built Scout is like, unfortunately, most people aren't accredited investors. You're you're obviously have to meet a certain qualification and can't do that. So this is a really way to get like the wider crypto swath of people to get involved. And oftentimes, I mean, traditional VC has missed out on really great projects in crypto mm-hmm. too, and like. I don't know about you, but if you're on crypto Twitter enough, you can kind of suss out what projects people are talking about, new projects that have emerged from a hackathon or something like that, that look really good and are further developing. So, um, you know, we thought it'd be kind of nice to crowdsource that uh, through this bot. And so I can maybe just like quickly show you the leaderboard right now. Yes, but I think some of these projects have applied um, to the cloud. So And by the way, the way that you actually, like, can get this going and actually do it yourself is just tweet out, hey, at the Lao Scout, let's get started. And then you'll automatically get a Twitter DM, um, you know, asking Mm. you a question to verify you're human. And then you can start nominating or challenging projects. Oh, interesting. So it's pretty simple. Um, So
2: so if you nominate a project, say somebody nominates MetaZone, our project, and then we go through the filtering process and when we get approved then that nominator gets uh some kind of points and gets booed up to leaderboard for being like successfully bringing on like a project to the platform
1: yeah and and and, well and it's it's more like a signal to um the the community that like a lot of people like your projects and maybe even potentially like motivating the project to apply to allow if they haven't already Mm -hmm. or also Uh. signaling to the members that like Listen, the wider community really thinks this project has legs. Like, maybe you should take it seriously and and uh, fund it.
2: Awesome. So,
1: This is, like, what we have. So far, it's super simple. Um, I've already actually gone through this and, and like, run, run out of actual tokens. So I've been, like, hitting the faucet every day. But um, this is kind of how it works. So once you do that, hey, at, Laoscout, at the Lao Scout, um, let's get started, you... Get pinged a couple, series of question, and then you just start nominating projects. Interesting. Uh, and it's all through that, and then um, yeah. So
2: so, so the the projects themselves is what's on the leaderboard, not necessarily the the nominators, right? No, it's no. the projects.
1: Yeah, and so it, so okay. What's kind of cool about this too is let me just. Um, so if you want to see all of the actions on the back end of like what's happening, who's being challenged. So like, for example, here we've had, um, you know, different, act- this is all this activity that's going on with Lao Scout. If you actually want to see, if you want to follow like the best projects on Twitter, you can go to at the Lao Scout. This mm-hmm. is not the bot and it retweets all of the project's latest tweets. So it's kind of like a nice way to also get tweets from like the best projects and, like, mm-hmm, want, like, mm-hmm. keep up to date with them so
0: okay.
1: yeah it's kind of a nice tool to get the broader community you should i, I would nominate you guys if i had the token but you should <laughs> nominate,
2: <laughs> nominate ourselves i guess yeah
1: <laughs> i mean we've all done that
2: yeah. yeah 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 so this brings up a question to me is like kind of like what the business model is for the lao itself meaning like what if just envision a future where there's like tons of proposals so like what's the rate of acceptance meaning like is there like a throttle you guys have to keep in mind so you're not just putting out too much capital and not bringing enough in to where like the whole thing collapses you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean so that's yeah i you know that's going to be hard to say i you know we at open law are, are you know we're mostly the software administrator so That's going to be a question to the members. Um, What their investment thesis is. Like, once the members come together and talk and decide how they want to deploy capital, because right now, like, we're keeping it really simple. We don't really want to do too much, you know, future thinking around this just to limit what, like, kind of amazing stuff could emerge. So, um, we have kept it pretty open. So, I think, like, the members could propose, uh, you know, we've had a, a prospective member say that he, you know, would want. Um, someone helping with securing deal flow and making sure the projects that have applied are, um, you know, at a certain level of quality, you could imagine the LAO members coming together and hiring someone to do that, Mm -hmm. for example, or someone, someone's does they can nominate someone to do that. So there's a lot of governance that is going to be totally member driven. And, and to your point, like how they deploy capital and, how frequently they invest in projects. My, my, my feeling is, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know because it hasn't been open and this is really like a, an experiment waiting to happen. Totally. Uh, and I'm sure every law would be different depending on the membership, but my feeling is that they'll probably be pretty conservative to start.
2: Yeah, uh, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, and then...
2: <clears throat> which is a good thing, right? Uh, yeah,
1: I think that they'll operate like, in a way, like traditional VC where they're just not like... Throwing money around. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's what creating. I was going to say.
0: <clears throat> uh, traditional VC usually they get a return on their investment after a startup makes a sale, uh, you know, uh, sells to a different company, or um, <clears throat> you know, something to that effect. So does the Lau, um it, I, I guess the law is set up to expect these different kind of scenarios, right?
1: Yeah. So like, if it's if they if a project they um, invest in decided to do a token. Have a token event right. then allow yep. the members like could have you know a piece of that, um, mm. and we have that you know accounted for in the convertible node as well. Um, if they have like some sort of liquidation event, like an M and A, or they get bought, um, then yeah, then we would just convert whatever that is in buy and and distribute sure. that. Across. So it so- would operate very similarly to what we see today.
0: So, would you say that uh, the Lau is really focused on crypto projects in the sense that each project that the Lau funds has to have a token, right?
1: No, no, not at they all. don't.
0: Okay, no, no, no. So no. it could be just straight equity then. Yes, yes. Oh, is. interesting.
1: Like, I would imagine that's mostly going to be it, but we can keep the optionality of tokens too.
0: Interesting. Uh, yeah, because so. uh, to me, it would seem uh, probably easier to uh, to be able to do the Lau kind of an automated sense if if uh let's say metazone has like a, a token sale right and um and then we raise <coughs> funds through the lao right let's say thirty percent goes to the lao uh it'd just be easier just to transfer thirty percent of the the tokens to the lao and instead yeah. of dealing with like with equity right
1: yeah and, and I think the members can really choose that too like if they want to do that they can they can do that and if that that's really gonna be an answer for them to decide, but that optionality we totally get and sure so that that that's I think that's actually what makes this project a bit unique too, is like you kind of can set up for that um, hmm. before. And if it, you could be a project that initially starts with equity and then decides a year later based on your protocol that you've built, that you want to do a token sale, like you have that quality sure. to be really flexible. Oh, that's cool. Um,
0: I-, I didn't know that you could do that.
1: So yeah, it's, it's um, it's yeah, it's pretty great in that regard. And yeah, but again, it's really token or equity um where it's yeah
2: so all of the matters that are being discussed uh it's all internal amongst the 100 members correct like it's it's not so much as like a transparent thing where outside people can kind of peek in to see what's going on
1: uh no yeah i think yeah. like some of those pieces of of how they actually want the governance of the allowed to um operate i mean maybe maybe eventually that, that'll be up to them too i mean if they want yeah. to uh Share Be- some of their learnings because um,
2: I'm think I- I'm thinking again how to apply this to uh, the central land DAO and I'll, I'm kind of like keeping the same like a legality um, regulations that you guys have already spent all your time investigating and figuring out like what's the right way to do things, but at the same time kind of maintaining this whole community as a whole, you know, uh, DAO infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe there's a way for the whole community to vote in these hundred delegates. Uh, instead of just allowing like the first hundred who show up to kind of like get placement in this thing so it's kind of like they have to campaign for their position within the lao itself
1: yeah Mm -hmm. that'd be interesting actually
2: yeah that way there's an incentive to be open because if they're doing something wrong they can get voted out by the entire community as a whole Mm -hmm. but you know what i mean
1: yeah that's actually really cool I haven't really thought about that. That felt yeah. It feels like representative government. It's almost yeah. like
2: exactly. <laughs> that. That's kind of like the whole craziness. Yeah, for profit and really? but
1: when, and, but then for those like, what incentive do those people have to care who's in the lab?
2: Uh, I guess like the, the overall success of the platform. Because exactly. yeah. <laughs> right. in, yeah. in our case, majority of the community members own land, which is like an actual pretty expensive asset, and they own the cryptocurrency mana. So. And the valuation of these things won't go up unless the platform overall succeeds. And, like, right. you know, the, the governance structure, the funding models that we create is pretty much like the foundational layer of whether or not this thing's going to actually, you know, work. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So everyone kind of has like an incentive to want to, you know, work together. But I understand, like, you don't want <laughs> the, the hive mind to make decisions, right? Because they're not necessarily always correct on things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, there are kind of like specialized you know, knowledge bases that need to be uh, appointed to, you know, decide on certain matters. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: That's an interesting question. I, you know, that's something that I would, yeah, I would venture you would have to think about. Um, I could
2: see so, like in your case where it's not like, necessary because. You're not a legal but,
1: shareholder, but you're just some person who wants to vote for someone who's a part. Yeah. Of, a legal
2: exactly. So like the liability all still rests on like the hundred members because they're actually like the accredited investors but they still have to go
0: through some kind of like community approval process you know what i mean
1: yeah that would be interesting to think about um i haven't actually thought of that but could
0: do we have the flexibility to implement something like that like specifically for the decentraland lao
1: i mean i would imagine you would but that's again something i feel like i would probably have to like think a little bit more about because of Um, the
0: because of the legalities right
1: yeah like i'm not entirely sure how that would work
0: okay okay yeah that's interesting.
1: That's a really interesting idea. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Um, and it's a good way to get, like, the wider community um, involved. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, because yeah, essentially we have the vested interest to <clears throat> make sure the project is, is successful, no matter what the project is. So if we have a community aligned, you know, that that makes the most sense to implement. But I, I for sure, I mean, the legal issues is a big deal because in Decentraland, you could post up nefarious content, I mean theoretically, and there's there's very little ways to take it down. Right. And so there's legal implications for doing that. Um and so there's a discussion right now on on the legalities of who's who's liable in a situation like that. Is it the central land or is it the landowner? Right. And um so that those those are the kind of conversations that we tend to to have and figure out like what do we do in those situations. Um <clears throat> another thing um I wanted to understand. It's like uh, with Iman and I, we're uh, we're not accredited investors. So is there, <laughs> far from it? Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. Is is there some kind of a uh, legal way to get involved in these investments um, that you know of that that we should look into? Some kind of regulation that we can take part of?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe if you look outside the U.S., but it's like really hard to get into this like you're like yeah i think limiting yourself outside of the u.s is just not like long-term scalable in my opinion right um but yeah i mean like we that's a question that's like that's like the golden ticket i Mm. feel like you could really kind of try to work around that we're thinking pretty creatively um you know again like i said we're taking that coinbase approach where we like start reasonable and do everything like Above board and right, and, and we're obviously everything we're going to continue to do is above board and correct. And, yeah, for and, sure. But, but that said, it's like there, you could maybe try to think about like creative ways to um, try to get uh, the thing is like the solicitation around that, there's a lot of questions um, about, so you'd have to, we're thinking about ways we could make that work. I, you know, as of now, it's a pretty tough standard. Um, I know that there is talks at the SEC level about maybe making the accreditation standard a little bit less rigid. I, could, I'm skeptical of that actually happening anytime soon, but, um,
0: what, what if the option was that an intelligent investor could be an accredited investor? Like, like for example, i and I pretty much know the ins and outs of a lot of the cryptocurrencies uh, from the technical standpoint and then from the economic standpoint. And so maybe there's some way that we could pass some, um, some knowledge base to be uh, considered a credit investor. Uh, but I don't even know if that's like even in, uh, possible from, from a legal standpoint. Uh,
1: yeah. I think like the token sale people, you know, when that was the lawyers around that were thinking about that too. Like the unfortunate thing is part of the accredited investor standard and why that exists at a certain price point is like the SEC sort of assumed that if you had a certain net worth, you were, um, savvy enough and smart there you enough go. To, savvy. to so so that's like unfortunately where they drew the line as far as how like having a certain network worth equals savviness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's yeah I mean you could there's plenty of people who are I think have a pretty good understanding of like markets and and um, you know how they operate but they sure. still can't necessarily gauge. So maybe, maybe we can petition the SEC. to uh, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, but It's like a lot of people complain about that. It's like a, you know, I've talked to people in the space and outside of the space, like if there's one thing that they could change it would like anything in, 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 as far as regulations go, it would yeah.
0: be that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you go back to 2017 and the whole ICO craze, I, I don't think uh, the majority of those funds were coming from accredited investors. I mean, uh, unless like, what do you think?
1: A lot,
2: a lot, of VPNs.
0: A lot of VPNs. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like KYC checks, but it was like you know, it's kind of yeah. Uh, you know, it's not. It's really pretty easy to like have a passport photo of someone else in another country. Right. Right. Um.
2: So this brings up a, a question in my mind. Not so much a question, but just kind of like a thought exploration of like what what differences do you see as far as like comparisons or the parallels between that 2017 ICO boom and like spectacle of you know white paper funding where almost everything was bs yeah. like so like what what how do you envision these Laos and dows as far as like stricter guidelines when it comes to approval of these projects? Like, I don't know, like, do, do you expect a project to actually have, have to have a working product with, like, already generating revenue in order to get acceptance or?
1: Well, no, because so our, um, I mean, it's an entirely different structural model. So I think they're both similar in that they are used to uh, pool together capital, but the structures to which they're, like, pulling together, like, there's no um widely distributed token or a secondary trading of a token or anything like that you're 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 like in an organized um organization that's actually filed to you know in our case Delaware um and it's a us-based entity and so I mean the entire structure is pretty different it is similar in that you're pulling together capital um but again like there's no
2: I guess it's subjective right like it's it's yeah. up to the the voters
1: This is like the right way if you want to raise capital i think this is like the right way to do it i think the ico boom was um not necessarily the right way to do it but i think um, we actually the unfortunate thing is we don't have there's a lot of um regulatory uncertainty around that whereas here we can Mm -hmm. actually is more certainty we know LLCs have been in existence for it was started in wyoming it's been you know which is cool because they've actually are kind of on the forefront when it comes to some of these like legal structures. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a known structure. We have like concrete rules around that. We're more or less adapting that to fit into, you know, the blockchain world. So it's a little bit different. Um, You know, even now like the securities, security token slog, like that's going to take some time to actually sort out. So I think that's more of a wait and see approach. Whereas like here, you know, we actually can do it um, yeah. in a little way.
0: I'm curious um, if, let's say we have that, uh, th- that conversation with Decentraland and the community and all that, and they agree that Lao makes the most sense to implement. Is this really a technical implementation or is it just a matter of saying <clears throat> that we're using the Lao's dashboard to facilitate the funds?
1: So we would have to do some sort of like, we would have to work with you guys and like re- you know, <clears throat> into the front end, the mechanics and everything, the dashboard. I mean, it's going to look probably the same as what we have here. And sure. I actually can, we published a walkthrough today, like the project proposal oh, process, okay. a quick video. I can share that to you guys later, but I'll share that with you later. But um, I mean, it would look relatively similar. You just probably would have some front end changes and like have your own um, like, Dashboard, but there wouldn't be one dashboard with. Every, oh, I see. Of, I mean, maybe eventually we'll get to that point, but right now, I mean, this is our first one. So
0: yeah, it, yeah. It essentially, makes, it's, a, it's just a bunch of API calls. So like, yeah. uh, if we would create our own dashboard, and then we just do a bunch of callouts to whatever functionality that we need from the Lao.
1: Yeah, I mean, we would probably like like reformat the Lao, and um, maybe it might be helpful like to understand our business model as far as Open Law, like what <laughs> where our fees really come in. So mm-hmm. we, take, right. like, yeah. So like we take two percent um, the first year, and that uh, depreciates annually for four years, um, which makes sense. Um, and it's pretty in line. I mean, like for example, we handle things like mailing out annual K ones and kind of that, All like, right.
0: mm-hmm. yep. like yep. Yep. so. Yep.
1: All of that, um, and also just setting this up, and like the time we put in, and and um, all that. It's it's a pretty nominal fee for how much we're doing it, and compared to VCs, they have like the two and twenty model, where they have two percent operational and then uh, fee, and then they have like the twenty percent of whatever profit goes back to the fund. And we're not really we're not taking a a carry at all, so um, that goes um, back in the pocket of investors, which actually makes the um, makes the model actually quite. friendly to investors
0: so the um the existing let's say um like the has an existing uh, pool of money uh, does that have different legal implications um from a management standpoint than actually raising funds through the lao
1: i'm sorry repeat that sorry my mom's like knocking oh no no worries, no worries. <laughs> I was, I was like, <laughs>
0: yeah the question is um so if you have an existing pool of funds does that have different legal Ramifications or limitations (laughs) from the standpoint of the Lao, or or do funds need to be raised through a Lao platform in order to to be governed by the Lao?
1: No, they should be raised through the Lao platform. If you're asking, like maybe if you could have like we kind of jokingly call them like baby Laos as members of the Lao. I don't know if like you're trying to build connections between like different Laos, but like you could imagine a Lao being a member of a Lao.
0: Well, uh, specifically, like if like for example decentraland already has 220 million mana so that that's a pool and what i was envisioning initially was we we govern that pool of money through the Lao mechanism where that money gets invested into projects and the projects hopefully do a return on investments to keep the the dao funded uh, past okay. the, the 10 years so and
1: investors and- yeah exactly yeah. exactly think, yeah that would that would be possible yeah
0: okay because the the other option would be is that you have a fund where grants are happening, and then you have a separate Lao fund within Decentraland where it, it, accredited investors invest to make a profit, and the grant money is just grant money. We're grant money,
1: yeah. And there's actually we've talked to a lot of different protocols that are thinking about doing something similar too. Because okay. I mean, the grant thing makes sense too.
0: Yeah, because um, it's important there's to there's
1: some grant DAOs too. I don't know if you have like at all paid attention to marketing DAO, or uh, i think medicartel also is doing some grant work too but um those are the, the, there's like quite a few of those as well it's probably have, worth looking have to. you
0: looked at uh maker and and the whole defi ecosystem
1: i mean yeah a bit here and there but okay uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah because that would be an interesting integration um some of the funds that are are being held by the lao could be i guess invested into uh the DeFi just to make interest on that funds is just being held there until yeah, there's definitely. an investment.
1: I mean, honestly, like we were kind of um, joking. Like, I mean, like if, if the members want to take it and just put it into a bunch of DeFi protocols and just like have that as their, yeah, yeah. they can do that. Um, so, and just kind of have a return. So yeah, you could, you could do that, have it rather than it just sit there, you could have it put it to work, I guess. Yeah. If work,
0: yeah. Yeah. Work. That, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um so so I man, what do you think so far? Does that like uh help clear up some of the questions that you had? Uh oh yeah,
2: a bunch of clears out a bunch of things. But like, like I think the what I'm starting to understand about a lot of questions I have with not just the Lao, but our own DAO. Whenever we, we interviewed the Decentraland team themselves, the main key point that I'm I'm recognizing is like to be determined you know what i mean because these DAOs still have to figure things out on their own essentially like like um pre said it's 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 just one big experiment we're all embarking on right now we don't really know what the hell these these organizations are going to think of you know how to best manage and govern and stuff like that so yeah
1: yeah yeah no go on sorry
2: no that's pretty much it like most of my questions stem from like i'm trying to like spitball ideas like how to govern these things but I'm just one guy, right like I don't mean yeah. shit <laughs> the whole idea is supposed to be like everyone's got to agree to these things right so there's there's gonna be nonstop debate about these topics you know
1: and that's the thing it's like every Lao or Dao can look a little bit different like you structurally could be the same, but like the people I mean you still have a human component you can't automate away auto automate away everything so like the investment thesis or you know depending on how um, conservative, Um, or experimental, a certain group of, you know, DAO members or LAO members are really changes the governance of the structure too, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is kind of cool. So like, if we see a few of these emerge, like, let's say we fill this this one up really quickly and decide to spin up another one, which we can do fast. Like, it would be interesting to see, just like psychologically, like the difference between um, the membership and how they decide to govern it and what projects they choose to invest in. Um, Definitely. Yeah, Yeah.
0: So uh, it almost makes me want to like for every single post from now on to advocate for the Lau, uh because I think this is one of the the mechanisms that you can fund a lot of a bunch of projects that that wouldn't be ideal for venture capitalists. I think you mentioned in your <coughs> in your interview with Coindesk was that the the idea of, of venture capitalists is sort of limited because they're not going to invest in Bitcoin. They're not going to invest in Ethereum. Right.
1: Like Tornado Cash even is like a little bit Yeah, pricey.
0: exactly. And so you wouldn't expect these VCs to make those investments, but look at, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum right now. I mean, that, that would have been a pretty smart investment early on, right? Um, and so something like with the Lao, I think you can, it's it's going to fund things that aren't going to get a traditional investment but are equally as successful as anything else. Right. And so that that's sort of my attraction. So what I was saying earlier was that, um, like, we could apply for an investment as well, but we could also use the Lao and I think yeah. it, so the the application itself it it sort of requires like the community to to nominate you right and so like totally. i'm I'm already starting to think of ways to like trying to get the community to um you know focus on the Lao and understand what it is so that they can start leveraging their projects to the Lao as well
1: yeah they 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 could totally apply for funding yeah so, I mean- yeah, it's yeah. They could absolutely do that. Yeah. So, um,
0: so do you have any other updates? Like, I think on Tuesday you're gonna ha- you're gonna launch this thing, and it's really. Do you have some so- sort of goal on terms of like how much money you're trying to uh, raise with with all these investors? Like, what's yeah. the the goal?
1: So, yeah, I mean, it rounds out to about two point five million ETH, but it's like hundred and twenty um, ETH for one unit, and okay. there's hundred. 100- um, 12,000 units, um, 12,000 units. Okay. I the math right there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, we'll it's, it, it should be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how quickly the entire wow, wow fills, um, you know, we've had a pretty nice group of people already apply for the, just to get the accreditation checks. We've had, you know, a good group there. Uh, my feeling is that it'll close pretty quickly um that said if you're a project and you need like kind of early stage funding or really any stage but um you know given the check amounts i would say earlier um i would apply um you know or if you go on the lao.io and click um a project that wants to be funded just basically, more or less, we just like need a little information about yourself, a pitch deck, a white paper if there is one,
0: nice okay.
1: link to your site, maybe some information about you. Any like we've kept it again, like I said, really open because we want to really have this come organically. And so, if there's <clears throat> any information you think would be relevant to members, please provide that, and they'll probably reach out. To yeah, like-
0: I was just gonna say, I envision like uh, starting out with a, like a blank slate, and then let's just see what the community just submits. If the community yeah. submits like really advanced videos, for example, they spend, you know, hundred K on this like video and that's what gets funded. Like, then it's really up to us to figure out how to make videos for our companies. Right. <laughs> I, it just really depends on like what, what actually gets funded and what the company used for that proposal. Right.
1: Yeah. And we're like in uncharted territories, right. Because like traditional VC, it's like, you have to go to Silicon Valley right. or New York, right. and like Meet them on several occasions and hop on calls and go through your deck. And so, you know, doing it this way, there's going to definitely be some like novel means to which yeah. people communicate their projects. Uh, maybe it's like you know, I had this dev diligence in my code, and he's a really well-known dev. Like yeah. he gave five star, or, you know, whatever. I'm making it up, but like you can imagine uh, different standards emerging in this uh, as a way to for members to be. Uh, you know. I, I totally, you op- would,
2: would you would you be open to kind of like maybe like a virtual shark tank scenario? I mean we have the perfect platform in Essential yeah. land <laughs> to kind of yeah, do something. That's a great idea. We're
1: literally calling it Lao Tank, so it's funny that you
0: that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um,
1: but, yeah, we
2: yeah. literally have a, a, a district in Decentraland called Crypto Valley. That'd probably be like the best place to host it. Yeah, yeah you know that'd be that cool.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, we're actually we're thinking we were thinking about doing that like maybe a few weeks um after we launched. Uh, but like maybe picking like cause because why combinator and others like have I I I, I like am I want to do it different, but I think it's like interesting to see what the VCs have done because I mean to some extent it's successful. Um so we were thinking maybe like having three or four project projects like Pitch. I didn't talk about it, but we also have like a mentor portal. So we've gathered like 20 plus folks in the Ethereum community who, um, you know, you've probably heard of and at least mm-hmm. follow on Twitter and have talked a lot about early go- early men and women who are really active, everything from like PR marketing to technologists to, you know, legal um, allow funded project can go to the mentor portal, email them and establish a relationship, whether that be pro bono mentorship um, equity for an official advisor or, um, just like a short-term gig, like if you need, like, if you want to kick some, you know, uh, you know, we have like um, Amanda Cassett who, who's helping with the marketing DAO. If you want to kick her 5K to like help with a marketing campaign for your project, you could do that. So the idea is you can, again, we're keeping that very open and flexible too. We're maybe going to incorporate personal tokens into this mentor portal mm-hmm. so you could like purchase go to, like a private Uniswap exchange and like purchase someone's time. One so, of the mentors' cool. time. Um, that might not be for V1, but that's something that we've discussed. But um, sorry, not to go too far. Um, no, you're good. No, but, like, all, I, like Yeah, nuggets. like I think I think that they're like are we're gonna do a loud tank thing, but then there's also gonna have like this mentorship component as well. So yeah, we're definitely thinking outside the box. So
0: here. speaking of of mentorship, do uh, the investors have uh, access to the proposals, like the people behind the proposals, or is it just purely like whatever you submit? That's the only mechanism that the investors can see whether or not they should invest in, in the. Uh, oh in no, the project. no. They,
1: they have like their email and names and everything. Oh okay. Um, that. So if the members wanted to email them or set up a call, Zoom call um, to learn more, they're definitely going to. Okay, you. perfect, perfect. And like we at yeah. OpenLaw, being a software administrator, will help facilitate any of that as well.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Pri, I know you have another uh, 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 call to get to, so we really, really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully, it's we can very have you back on. And and this is like the most. I think this is one of the most fascinating projects since like I think DeFi. And uh, I, yeah. I'm really pulling for I the loud.
1: So yeah, I think I think so too. I think it's gonna like really be a groundbreaking thing if we if we really pull it off and. Um, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks, once, once it's actually launched, we'll, we can come back and share, uh, some of the interesting learnings. Cause there's definitely going to be some.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, We'd love to have oh you yeah. back on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank Having you very me. much.
0: All right. Bye, we'll talk soon. Bye you bye. You take it easy. Bye All right. I'm and. That was <clears throat> pre decide from open law and, um,
2: Pretty intense, dude. Yeah. There, <laughs> I mean, not like not, I'm not like sweating bullets over here or nothing, but that was very...
0: Uh, it was informative because there's yeah. a whole lot of like... Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm really interested in like the technical standpoint of Open Law uh, and the Lao and its implementation of how it affects like a project like Decentraland. Mm-hmm. And I was curious to find out like how it's actually implemented. Is it like, is it just some website you go to and...
2: I think those are things they haven't really hashed out yet because they're still trying to prove the concept with amongst themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're just, it's like they're trialing out the whole.
0: Yeah. And we're probably putting the card before the horse in the sense that we're trying to apply this functionality to an existing DAO when Mm -hmm. they're, they're from the ground up. It's like we start, we start with raising funds. Mm -hmm. um, And then once we raise funds, then we invest in projects. Yeah. It's like
2: a very specialized purpose DAO. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And like uh, versus the land. yeah yeah versus. I, I was just gonna say versus like the central land where there's an existing mm-hmm. pool and we need some mechanism to disperse that pool so that that pool um regenerates its funds exactly and so but uh it's it can still be implemented it's just there's, there's yeah like you
2: said it's like a side
0: pool almost it's a side pool exactly
2: yeah like we have this already existent pool yeah because it's kind of I guess like this current pool, it belongs to the community, not not to any group of hundred people. You can't just have like a hundred people who have a credit investor status and be like, okay, now we control these community funds. You know. What yeah, I mean? that's true. That that might cause some. See, but I'd imagine I, I that was, wouldn't even get approved. I, no, I mean? no, that
0: wouldn't get approved. I see. I was imagining yeah. that we would have a hundred members, um, decision makers for the existing pool. Um, and those decision-makers are based upon, like, whether or not a project can can uh, do a return on investment. Yeah. And so that that's how I was thinking of the Lao. And it could still be implemented in that way. It's just it's not out of the box like that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so I think maybe even 100 members is too much for Decentraland.
2: Mm. Yeah, we should have asked her where that 100 came from.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah,
2: I mean to kind of decentralize it as much as possible, right? Like a hundred's a pretty decent number. Yeah, hundreds. I yeah. Mean, like, what's the difference between twenty and a hundred? I guess eighty. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. it feels a little more decentralized in the sense that like, there's not as much potential for collusion. There's a hundred members and stuff. But, see, that's the big thing. Man. That's the only thing I worry about with this Lao is because yeah, it's a very private organization, meaning like only these hundred members but I, that's okay i guess yeah that's okay in their in their endeavor because the decisions of that 100 people it only impacts them you know what i mean their yeah. own community of 100 people so that's trying to translate that to decentraland where there's like a huge community yeah. where like every decision like this small group this small committee member of like you know specialists or whatever their decisions impact a lot more people yeah that's you know a good
0: I mean? word a committee yeah because if the committee is like uh they have the understanding that their goal is to replenish the funds via a return on investment then uh they're going to have to invest only in projects where they believe it's going to be uh, you know get some ROI and yeah. then i think I'll, that may not be like sustainable either
2: yeah, and I think a lot of these, the central issues, like, uh, who, who, we touched on this a little bit in our Discord. We had a little conversation about, like, who, the debate about SDK, who, who decides SDK upgrades and development. You know what I mean? Is it totally open source for everyone?
0: Well, I think I, I'll take a stab at that. I think the way it's going to work is you will update the SDK, SDK as a developer. You'll just update it. And then you submit your uh, your update into uh, to GitHub, and mm-hmm. then once, uh, I, then I, I think at that point that's where the vote happens. Like, should this update, should this like you know uh, change in the SDK be reflected on the the full release of the SDK, right? And I think yeah, I that's see, w- that's mm-hmm. when the vote happens.
2: But that's the thing. Then it's like, is it, is are those super technical? Uh, I don't know, matters, debates, whatever you want to call them, should that be left up to the community as a whole? Or should the community, again, like delegate... Yeah, that's a good question. Like a, a smaller group of qualified individuals, you know, to make these make or break decisions. Because, you know, SDK can make or break the platform, I'm, yeah. almost, I'm guessing. You know, so it's kind of something very delicate that needs to be... It's almost like who 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 controls the nuclear launch button? You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's just a sensitive thing that maybe not like everyone can has access to you know but everyone has that option to choose who's in control of that you know what I mean yeah and I think that's going to apply for all a wide range of uh, governance issues including like who's in charge of the finances of the platform you know maybe some people have a better sense of how to uh, manage capital than others yeah because think
0: about it let's say uh, we propose Metazone for like a grant right and that grant is for x amount of mana and somebody has to i i guess the community just votes on say hey metazone should get that grant because this and that and my my perspective I bet, yeah. yeah my perspective on this is like we have to be careful with you know who we grant mana to because uh, the money will disappear yep and so I'm always thinking about sustainable ways. And then when you brought up the Laos, like, well, this is, this is a slam dunk, right? This is the mechanism. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just don't see any other way of doing it. I mean, that's how the world has operated. And yeah, it's, you know, you, we could criticize, you know, the whole economic system that we're in right now, but it's, uh, that's, we're, that's our starting point really like into central Land. and we can't, we can't take those funds like lightly.
2: I agree because it's, it's not likely that, at least not in the current state of the platform, that we could generate a sizable investor pool if we launch like our own independent cloud for Land, just because there's not enough interest. Not like there is for Ethereum projects, right? Ethereum is right. already established. The platform right. has been around for five or six years or whatever. So there's like tons of people on the sidelines with freaking cash in hand, like, dude, what can I put my money in?
0: Yeah, that's you know what exactly I mean? right.
2: Yeah. And essentially it's not the case yet. So it's, it's not likely that we'll be able to launch our own independent plow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, uh, we, I think that we have to figure out how to manage what we got. You know? Yeah.
0: We're, we're looking more into a governance model rather than a funding model. Yeah, exactly.
2: Agreed. Even though, even <laughs> though
0: the funding is going to be important. Like I, I still think there, there should be a pool of funds that are dedicated mm-hmm. to like an, an ROI. Sort of like yeah. the the games that we we created, they're dedicated to an ROI. Like that's that's why they exist, um, and I and I think having a separate fund might you know might help with that concept. Yeah. Uh, but the real question is the governance of the existing fund. That's
2: yeah, that's something we need to address in the in the near term. This this these this whole Lao and like maybe like these up and coming STO platforms can kind of like assist as well meaning we're like it's more of like an open well no that's not even, even they are credited investors only i think
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: so that's that's like the big barrier right now i mean I, w- I would love for to figure out a way to where the whole community can just stake their own mana into like this kind of funding kickstarter type uh pool and you know get their fair share based on their allocation no right? abso- absolutely absolutely well, one but, thing I found interesting yeah.
0: for the Lao was that they can they can still implement the Lao, uh, just based purely on equity, and it, literally equity is just yeah, you know, um, uh, just a, a breakdown of the ownership of that project, and it's just it's it's different. The, the reason why I bring this up is different than having tokens represent the equity, because it's mm-hmm. tokens is like a it's almost like a tangible asset that you can just trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, more liquid, right. More liquid and and programmable. So as soon yeah. as you get that investment from the Lao, you to get, you know, that million dollar investment, you transfer 30 million MetaZone tokens to, to the Lao, to the Lao fund. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that represents the equity within MetaZone. And mm-hmm. I I, w- I would think that that's how they started, but you could do that with equity, which is cool because then any, any company that, um, that has any idea not related to cryptocurrency can be involved and get funding from the Lao. Oh,
2: totally. yeah, uh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I didn't even that, think about that. Yeah, I figured that the Lao would just be focused on like crypto projects that are yeah building it. Even you can have a crypto project that has a token <laughs> that has really nothing to do with cryptocurrency. That token just represents the equity. Have you heard of like, fuck? I wish you knew. it's like it's called Git something Git GitHub. No,
2: no, not GitHub. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a crowd crowdfunding platform on Ethereum. If Vitalik talks about it all the time. Huh. God damn it. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but, Bitcoin grants. Oh, Gitcoin. pull that up? Yeah, Gitcoin. Yeah. Let's just kind of like look at it if you can, like pull it on the screen. I looked at it the other day and I was like, damn, this is pretty interesting actually. There's like lots of for some reason the majority of the proposals are like podcasters trying to like. Kickstart your podcast? Oh, really? I was like, dude, we should probably fucking be on this bitch, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's not many uh, speci- uh specified on like the metaverse topic, you know what I mean? So maybe we can get a Gitcoin grant. We'll actually like have a decent functioning studio. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of that goddamn ISIS background. Yeah, ISIS. Like, <laughs> get some get some color and some life into our studio. Yeah. Pretty cool. Let me see. Maybe man. like yeah. a. We can get her own young Jamie too. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> this is this is what you're talking about, right? Yep.
2: This is it. I mean, I think there's got to be a page. Oh yeah, this is it. You just scroll down, you see like what's being proposed, what's being funded. Look at that, dude. Nineteen thousand
0: die for a for uh okay. There's... COVID ventilators, and we got Kenyan crisis aid, and got Bitcoin Malaysia Dow. What is that? So. Largest crypto community our country has, founded in 2012. Interesting. Yeah.
2: So you could think of these as like, I imagine this is kind of like what their what the Laos dashboard might look like. Maybe like uh, you know, somebody puts forth a proposal, yeah. it gets so displayed like
0: this. Yeah. So you, for example, if you're one of the 100 members, then this is this is what you see. Exactly. Probably. And then you click on it and get the full pitch deck, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah,
2: because like, they don't have really a, a, an incentive to publicly display these proposals, right? Because it's all internal.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm
2: thinking. Yeah. But this is different. This is like a, a community crowdfunding platform on Ethereum, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So there is a reason for this to make this public. You know, If you want to contribute, go for it. Uh but like, yeah, we could do this for decentraland, then something like this. If, if we're if we're gonna just throw out grants, this is the way to do it, I think.
0: Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, create a little dashboard, have a different projects. Um, Especially
2: now, like with the DCL, DCL core guys, dude, they're coming up with like ideas, yeah, <clears throat> nonstop, <laughs> every fucking day, dude. They got like a new uh, campaign going for like a new event or like some new marketing thing. Absolutely. And, All this needs funding, you know, and this is like the perfect little portal to actually get that going.
0: Yeah, this is, this is interesting. I mean, DeFi Saver.
2: We should probably bring this up at the next round table. Let's see what the other guys think.
0: Yeah, Gitcoin grants. Mm
2: -hmm. But again, I mean, what's
0: what's the incentive for the investor, though? Like, they just want to see this project successful, so they just invest.
2: I have no idea. Like, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's not like Kickstarter, right? Where you invest in a Kickstarter company and then they give you some kind of early access to whatever product they're trying to create or something like that. Right. There you go. So like this guy,
0: White Hat Hacking, it says, I find bugs in projects. Sometimes they're running on mainnet. Sometimes there's a lot of of money mistakes, money at stake. If you want to support me and my (laughs) research, this is one of the best ways to do it.
2: Wait, what? So you're you could support a hacker and if he successfully hacks, he'll give you some money back. Uh, I
0: don't think so. Oh, I, I find bugs th- in projects. Not- yeah. I think, I think it's just like, yeah, I just don't understand. Like they, they just invest to, to help this guy out. And I, I guess that's it. Right. Check out
2: stats. The stats. Mean? So I clicked you on, just-
0: I clicked on transactions. What did I do? Nothing. And nothing. It's, it's loading, I guess. So we got 0.01 ETH. This guy, 23 die.
2: 0.9 die. Wow. Not even a dollar, dude? Come on, man. (laughs) 0.07 ETH. This guy's getting dude almost 300 contributors, dude. That's a shit ton. That is a shit ton. So here are the stats.
0: So we got Hmm. February 2020... We got, what is this? One-time contributions. Oh, these are all one-time contributions.
2: Okay. Yeah, this is... Hmm. So this is just more examples of, like, what direction we're headed, I guess, like... Yeah, I
0: I like the interface. I think think you're right. This is, like, the way it should look for, like, projects. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, not really sure why I brought this up, but anyways, um, back to Decentraland.
0: Yeah. Oh look, Chris Black.
2: I remember that guy. What's he? What's he asking here for? Just for like his YouTube channel, right, or something?
0: So together we've we have turned the conversation around DeFi from a utopian echo chamber into a non nonsense forum for transparency and risk assessment. I'm proud of the contributor contributions. And so this is
2: just straight up, like, support me. Yeah, you know basically, I mean? yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Okay, well, this is, like, this is more for us to understand, like, what things could look like and how we're going to piece this together.
2: Yeah, and, like, how much of a technical endeavor this actually is. Yeah. Uh, is it even, like, something?
0: Yeah, that's true, man. If Like, imagine, let's say we have the community agree that Decentraline uh, should be managed, this way, like, doesn't matter what yeah, way at least, it is.
2: at least, at least, their grant funding. Yeah, yeah, at
0: least the grant funding. I say they they agree, but it has there's like a technical, uh, w- element to it that requires developers to make some updates. It's like, well, I guess so who, who does it? I guess the fund pays for it then, right?
2: I don't know. <laughs> That's what I always wonder because it's situations like this. I'd imagine like the land team would probably. Have to. They're the ones who have the resources to pull something like this off, I guess. But I guess you're right. It would have to be like a community decision. Like we're going to invest a small portion of our community funds to fund development of these, plat- right. you know, these these uh, platforms.
0: Or so That's interesting. W- with the Lao, I think there's. I'm really interested, like what happens on Tuesday, because I'm pretty confident that they're gonna raise. It's gonna be like an ICO in the sense that they're gonna complete their <laughs> funding like within minutes. I should think so. Yeah.
2: It depends. It depends how many people are aware of this. I don't know how how good their marketing has been up until this point. Well, I mean, but you
0: you ran into it, and it's true. I mean, I'm like, as yeah, soon as you brought it up, I was like, "Damn, this is it!" Like. We need this. Now, I mean, from different perspectives too, like we have, we have a project already. We have, uh, we're heavily invested into Decentraland, um, which could use this in one way or another, right? Maybe not in its current implementation. There needs to be some tweaks to it, but Mm -hmm. uh, Decentraland could use this. We could use this. And if we were accredited investors, I would have uh, invested in this. Because mm. this is like straight investment. This is like traditional investment. It's just done with smart contracts and it's done, you know, with token projects. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's pretty straightforward.
2: Yeah. So it's almost, it almost feels like, yeah, we should get it, uh hop on this motherfucking boat <laughs> before it even takes off. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is, we might be looking at like a boat at dock that's literally about to, yeah, just, it's like, about to like hand. sail. Yeah. Yeah. So because we have, so, we really need to work on that pitch deck, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> we sure. Need to, we need to
0: bump that up on the notion list a yeah. little
2: bit. <laughs> like, get cracking at that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because, what, yeah,
0: the, the deck that we had was like pre launch, and it was like, yeah, exactly, you know, pennies compared to what we have now. Yeah, like, the.
2: Pro- the product of medicine itself is completely different than what we thought it was like 3
0: months ago. You know, you know uh you pre actually brought up something uh like a big deal like solicitation. We're we're not supposed to solicit publicly for an investment, right? That's against SEC rules.
2: So kind of like us talking about it right now is a bad thing?
0: No, it's no, it's not we're not soliciting for an investment from anybody by us talking about it. But okay. we cannot be like you know, on the podcast, hey, you know, we're raising funds or whatever. Like we just I go, go. Well, we're we're uh, hmm. because think about it. Let's say the reason why you would invest into uh, this uh, this raise is because you expect a return. And if you re- expect a return, that is by default a uh, security. And if it's a security, then SEC rules apply. Mm-hmm. And so that and that's why you can't do it. You can't solicit. Now, you can be in a um, dedicated forum for an investor, for, for for an investment, like if we were to submit our project to the Lao and for some reason they decided to make it public, like that's okay. I mean, that's not soliciting. That's like, that's something else. So, I, these are like these, like, uh, regulatory aspects that many startups don't recognize because they just, they don't know. They're not exposed to it. Yeah. But, uh.
2: These are all good baby steps, man. Like, just the. Our space, the crypto space, is starting to mature. You know yeah. I mean? Before our eyes. Yeah. Which, and then there's going to be a lot of resistance for that. You know, we see it even in land. There's like people who don't even. Who are against like uh, Vegas City like, trying to do the, yeah, the let's, proper let's thing. You talk I mean? about
0: that. Uh, so, there we, we had a conversation on our Discord about the idea of. Sort of like, kind of, we talked about in the past with the the conference rooms, how like a decentralized conference looks exactly like a real world conference, and yeah. which isn't. There's nothing wrong with that. What I'm, what my point, yeah. my point for that was that I feel like in a in a virtual world, a conference should look and feel different, like yeah,
2: just something out 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 of this world.
0: Yeah, something you know, where yeah. I like. The experience of a conference is showing up, looking at all the booths, talking to all the people. So you got to take the functionality of or the, the value proposition of the conference and take that value proposition and apply it to a virtual world where you don't necessarily have to have a group of people all at the same time just because, you know, this is a worldwide conference, right? Some people are sleeping right now and other people are eating lunch right now, right? And so what would a conference where anyone at any time can have access to, to get that same value proposition, what would that look like? And in my eyes, is, it's just not a room with a bunch of pictures. Like it's different, something else. Yeah. And so.
2: Um, almost like, like you don't like the idea of, I saw something floating around in Twitter, like a literally a recent conference that our, our boy Seb- Sebastian of the Sandbox was. Uh, oh,
0: from, exactly. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally
2: him I, and on, on stage in front of a podium. Yeah, this must be a
0: dedicated like, application where you are an avatar and you're yeah. in a conference room and you can click to and sit you, down on a seat. Exactly. And yeah. you go and you look up and you see um, a slideshow or a video or someone like standing at the podium, like, there's like, that's, that, that
2: sounds cool for like educational type environments. You know what I mean? I would expect something like that in Decentraland University.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's gotta be a, a I, virtual I, I way would, of doing this. Like a, a metaverse way. Like,
2: yeah. kind of like that. Uh, did you see that Travis Scott concert? In yeah, exactly.
0: Dude, that shit was fucking lit,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. Where like there's an event happening, right? With the whole monster trap yes. in the middle of the world, yeah. And everyone else is like,
0: <laughs> yeah. See, you. All could, over the fucking place. You, no, I'm glad you brought that. I wish. You, oh, well, we can't find a video because we need the music and it's copyrighted, so we can't do that. But um, that whole that whole concert can happen in Decentraland. The problem is, it takes a whole lot of code and a whole lot of development to make that work. Meaning, you have to control the avatars for a moment of time. They all have to like fist bump. Like, the developer has to control the avatar to really like dictate the experience. Yeah. And and that's what they did in, in Fortnite.
2: That Fortnite event really opened my eyes to like a lot of things that are missing
0: as far as yeah. from Decentraland. Like, especially you, with the avatars. You've seen the marshmallow one, right?
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. And I went back and revisited it because of this. Like I just yeah. dude, that's it's it's fascinating. Like there's people out there comparing Fortnite now to like the actualization of, of the metaverse because yeah. they're hosting these like big social events that yeah, are like, and global and that. all this
0: shit. It's definitely not it's not. it's
2: not, it's not, it's just like a really good marketing scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it feels kind of like metaverse C, meaning like there's potential there. Yeah, like this should be like a normal thing, a normal community.
0: I, don't know. I guess it goes back down to what a metaverse is—the definition. Because you could go into Counter Strike, and you and I can go in there, and we can decide not to shoot at each other, but we're having a conversation. And I mean, that's pretty much that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's not the metaverse. And then we can yeah. we can
0: shoot at each other, but that's that's about it.
2: It's not like an actual second life existence. Yeah, is what, I'm, what I'm saying. Like, so the fact that they're making those comparisons and stuff is just. I don't
0: know. Is it obvious? Like, uh, I think the whole mass, like, uh, volume of community, they're not aware of blockchain and like the ownership of digital assets, yeah. and so they're they're just not recognizing that there's something better, mm-hmm. right? Even though, yeah, yeah. even though, like, from a technical standpoint, Decentraland uh, doesn't hold a candle to Fortnite from like the playability, the p- gameplay standpoint, mm-hmm. but. Fortnite doesn't hold a candle to the central land and digital ownership. That's, like at that's all.
2: the, that's the beautiful, that's, that's the beauty of it all. Like dissecting this, these parallels is like, it doesn't matter how much money, what it What's the company, Epic games or whatever that mm-hmm. owns Fortnite. It doesn't matter how much money they have, how many subscribers they have will never truly fulfill like the foundational elements necessary for like a true metaverse. Meaning like there's no, potential for them to have a decentralized economy or a democratic system of creation. Yeah. You know, th- yeah. things that's right. Like, you know, it's just it's can't happen. So yeah, it's well, like us, us is like, I feel like we're the true like metaverse pioneers. Like we always ha- we always have that at our disposal. Meaning like we're starting off with that.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what, that's it's what like we're uh one good example is like Frankie's been doing these live um, interviews in decentraland yeah. and yeah. you go to this parcel and it's packed there's a lot bunch of people there just listening yeah it, it was like
2: 30 people yesterday or something
0: yeah you just you they just stand there and they listen um mm-hmm. and that's 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 what we're talking about that is a metaverse interaction mm-hmm. right it's not that's why the metaverse was created for those things that you can't really predict mm-hmm. like we had talked about doing a live podcast on decentraland
2: oh yeah that was like one of our original yeah, things, you know? I mean like, that's, that's why we, we
0: put a bunch of podcast images on the the top of the tower the because floor. that's where we're gonna host our podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And now that the functionality is there, I mean that's that's one activity that we need to like be consistent on for sure.
2: Oh yeah, Oscar's already working uh, on on the video meta. Mm-hmm. That's right. So hopefully, he will have it ready uh, by the time this capability comes out. So yeah, I I, I want to have like a big watch party like on top of her tower. Yeah. You know what i mean i don't know what the fuck we're all gonna watch maybe we'll just like sit around circle jerk (laughs) (laughs) i don't fucking know yeah but it's gonna be amazing to me like that's gonna like pull it not all together but that's gonna make so much so much glue yeah you know what i mean with the audio and the video and now we got like this interactive map coming out like we're so close, man, to yeah. like actually like getting the ball rolling. You know what I mean. And then we got like these DCL core guys on the side, facilitating a lot of community events too. Like I feel like I feel good. I feel yeah,
0: positive. yeah, I you totally know? agree. We just uh, unfortunately to to build something like MetaZone, it's expensive, right? And it requires more help than we currently have. And yeah. so that's something like we we need to uh, yeah figure that yeah, out. Yeah,
2: there's there's key. There are key things missing that uh, make or break like our whole vision of our platform. That apparently we're not. I mean, we're, we're probably capable of doing delivering it. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. And like an easier solution would be to like pay somebody who already is yeah. equipped with these <laughs> these skills and just like knock it out. And by like next week, you know. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. That's that's literally... that's an ideal. Yeah. Next week, we'll we'll be ready to launch these NFTs and shit. But... Yeah you know, life's not that awesome, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully with the loud it is. you know yeah. what I mean? That's, 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 yeah. that's that's, that's why it's so exciting. Like to like, me too, man, there's potential there. You know, I, I see light at the tunnel.
0: And and the most important thing about the Lao is that there's legalities like baked into it. Right. If, as long as you follow the, their, their system and their protocol, like you don't have a whole lot to worry from, from a legal standpoint. Cause that's to me, like, I I I like coming up with ideas. I like implementing those ideas. I like managing those ideas, but from a legal standpoint, I have very little understanding as to what I can and cannot do, and the little that I know is from experience. Mm. And th- there is no clear way to understand like all these like regulatory aspects when raising money, right? You have to go and read like sec.gov, and that's not it's not easy to digest, right? I don't know yeah. if you've ever read one, like one of those documents. It's just not. I don't have the legalese language in my brain to really comprehend a lot of this stuff simply. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I like that the Lao has that built in functionality, the, the legal functionality of it. Cause you know, that's not one of the things I, I like to think about. I, you know, that's not. Agreed. Yeah. They're, they're really trying to, <laughs>
2: uh, they're kind of like on the same wavelength as us. They're, they're creating tools
0: to create, facilitate yeah. so creation.
2: You know that's what I mean?
0: Exactly. To make exactly.
2: creation easier. Like that, we all have the same goal. Like we just want this creation to like, we want a Cambrian moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where there's just so much coming Dude, out. And on top of like, that,
0: like they have a concept called rage quit. So I, as I understand it, that, uh, as when you make the investment and you decide to pull out, you can pull out what, what hasn't been invested from your, your funds. And then you still, I think you still maintain the equity and whatever you invested in. So like, let's say you put in hundred K and 50 K of it was invested in a bunch of projects yeah. uh, because the hundred uh, members decided to invest in those projects. Um, you can decide to rage quit. You take your remaining funds out and I believe you still own, you maintain that ownership.
2: Yeah. But you lose your spot in the, yeah,
0: Basically, that's right.
2: And then someone else probably on like a wait list, like they're in,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you're out. So good luck getting back in, but at least you still get, something or you lose it all if it all just turns to dust
0: see that poses a good question <laughs> let's let's say you're a whale you're a whale investor right you're uh peter Thiel, and looks at the LAO and say, i'll put in 100 million right which is way more than than what they're raising right mm-hmm. you know why shouldn't he have um you know be a member why shouldn't he be a member with that amount of money like who do you kick out at that point so those would be like interesting conversations or in, interesting to see what happens in that situation. But so far, I mean, I, I like everything that they're doing. I, I, I want to, I agree. I want to make sure that, yeah,
2: we need to like, I like, like, uh, you know, instinctually you want to be like, you know, let's, let's uh, introduce them to the Decentraland team and yeah. like, let's, let's build a relationship like with amongst the community, Decentraland team and these people. You know because there's a potential bridge there for the future that we could all benefit from you know yeah yeah so that might be our role <laughs> who knows maybe we'll tell the team like about this and then they'll be like you know what like that's that doesn't involve us you know it involves you yeah you know you are the community like it's up to you guys whether or not you want to do this. like oh don't, we don't give a fuck. yeah <laughs> no absolutely either. that that's probably the right answer honestly
0: yeah i mean that's yeah. as you know i proposed this to uh the central land team i was like hey you know, take a look at the Lao. I mean, you should like consider this. And their response was like, "Yeah, if the community wants to implement the Lao, exactly, you yeah. implement it, right? It's is that yeah. simple." And yeah, was so like, it's
2: almost like, what's the point in you know, like being like, "Hey, team, look what we found." Like, what's the point of that? Yeah, it's almost like, "Hey, uh, decentralized community, look what we found." Like, yeah, let's let's talk about
0: it. Yeah, so. let's talk about it. So it's at least an option in you know the different options that we're talking about implementing.
2: Yeah. Like, like the
0: community needs because a ocean
2: board of its own, you know? What let's I mean? let's like, say
0: it should be as simple as, all right. The question is, should Dow funds be replenishable? And if the answer is yes. Okay. Then if it's yes, how do you replenish those funds? It's like, what mm-hmm. are the mechanisms to replenish? And yeah. one of them is an ROI. It's like usually that's done by investing and expecting a return on investment. Right. And mm-hmm. so, okay. So if that's the, if that's a yes, then we have the allow to, as a mechanism to facilitate that, right? Legally.
2: Yeah. It's almost um, like, yeah, you throw out surveys to the community. Like, uh, yeah. And, and if it's, it's not like that age, see so you know? the other
0: option is, okay, so we have grant money. We just grant that money to projects that have cool ideas and that's it. And as soon as the funds dry up, then Decentraland is really, it's up to like the people. Yeah. Right. You're not going to get any help other than like going for yeah, traditional hope, investment.
2: Yeah. Hopefully whatever we spent that
0: those funds on was enough to kind of like, to you be know, sustainable, right. To hit, sustain hit, hit critical mass, yeah. sustain uh, gameplay, yeah. sustain daily active users, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. In order basically like asked that, that con- the economy has to be like fully functioning and healthy and, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. This is pretty cool, man. It's good talk. Good talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what else to say on no, that. No, that thing, was but... it. I mean, uh, I wanted to end it there. And uh yeah. so yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed this interview with pre decide from open law and the Lao. Um, I'll put every her links, uh the lao links, her Twitter handle, um, everything in the description. Make sure you follow us at the Block Runner, and uh we will see you next week.
2: Yep, and keep keep tuned, stay tuned for these roundtables too because they're gonna keep
0: coming. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna be coming every single weekend. So we appreciate you, and uh, until next week.
2: All right, we're out. See you later. Peace. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Block Runner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. Yeah.